Hello everyone, Kim Langling here, your host with Let Fear Bounce. So glad you could join us today as I sit and chat with my friend, Julie Paulston, and we discuss discovering your inner phoenix. You're going to love this conversation, folks. So grab your cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy the show. Also, don't forget to subscribe while you're here. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host. I am so pleased and excited to have Julie Paulston here with me today. She is a transformational life coach who brings humor, passion, and compassion in her journey to help women rise from the ashes of their lives to rediscover their divine inner phoenix. I absolutely love that visual. Having over 30 years in recovery, she brings multiple personal experiences and strategies to rediscover who you were before the world told you who you should be. So Julie, welcome. Thank you so much. I've been excited for this chat on Let Fear Bounce. I'm so glad to have you here. Oh my gosh, it is so good to be here. It was just, I'm like, I'm like counting down the minutes. And and by the way, if you hear clickety clack in the back, my dog, she always has to be part of everything that I do. So she may come in and start talking. So there's that. And that no problem because um, mine will do the same. So she's like, oh, mom, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, go away, Lou, go away. No, I am so excited because I, I think that um, what this whole podcast is, is letting fear bounce and getting out of your own way. And, and it kind of, it really aligns with what I do because it really is getting fear out of the way and rediscovering who you were before the world told you who you're supposed to be. Exactly. And you, you're uh, the rise, rise like a Phoenix. And I know folks that this is audio only, but Julie has a large picture behind her, a beautiful picture behind her of a Phoenix rising. And I absolutely love that visual. And that's something I think that all of us at some point in our lives envision because we've all been knocked down um, and sometimes just face first and you feel like you can't get up. And Julie, you taught, you say that, you know, you had um, over 30 years recovery. So you, you yourself have been a Phoenix rising. Do you want to share a little bit of your journey? Absolutely. So uh, the, the Phoenix goes to ashes, rises, goes to ashes, rises. So for me, it was very uh, easy for me to identify with a Phoenix. Um, a friend of mine was like, oh, you should do the Lotus. And I'm like, mm, no, I don't like mud. Uh, so but <laughs> I really identified with the Phoenix because also the Phoenix tears heal. So when you are in the pit of despair, the tears really can help to heal. Uh, salt water, vitamin C, and tears can all be things that will help a body heal. I started drinking when I was 12 and I got sober just before I turned 22. So I kind of did it a little bit of ass backwards than most people. And I have spent numerous times learning lessons. And I'm one of those people that my mom always says, you know, Julie, how many times is it going to take you to learn this lesson? <laughs> and my favorite hashtag is mistakes are okay. <laughs> and so I, throughout my journey, I mean, I've been homeless. I've been an addict, alcoholic. I have given my son up for adoption. I've been through abortion. I've been through the ringer. And most recently, the reason why I really started this journey and started my company was last July, 
well, let me back up. COVID hit and I was an educator for a Fortune 500 company. And when I had my job, I, I would travel all over the panhandle. I'm down in Pensacola, Florida. So I travel in Alabama in the panhandle down to Destin, Panama City, beautiful territory. And then COVID hit and I got trapped in my house. And I battled depression for years and it turned into, instead of being able to be out and being out with the stylist because Ulta closed their doors. Like they didn't even open their stores for quite a while. So I ended up being the one thing I detested, which was a paper pusher. I was doing reports and Excel spreadsheets and, and, and the stuff that I just don't like doing. And so my depression turned into aggression. My communication got real uh, challenging and district partners were frustrated. And so it just ended up being the perfect storm. So July 11th, I took the day off and I went out with some friends of mine on a boat and ended up breaking my wrist in three places. And then uh, August 27th, the company decided they wanted to part ways with me. So I lost my job. And I went into a complete tailspin because I had a very nice corporate job. It was very lucrative. And here I am now with a broken wrist and no job. Well, the universe said, hey, we got something for you. But instead of trusting in the God winks and the nudges, I was like, I have to make something happen. I have to, I have to find a job. I have to do something. I'm, I'm, I'm broke. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to lose my house. And I freaked out and kept trying to force things, calling everybody I knew in the industry. And I kept hearing this, Julie, relax, Julie, relax. And I didn't relax. Well, then I was set on my ass because September 15th, Hurricane Sally came to town. I had three and a half feet of water in my house no flood insurance because when I moved here from Chicago, they didn't tell me I needed flood insurance. I don't live in a flood zone. They told me I needed hurricane insurance. So I got hurricane insurance. I didn't know any different. So I lost everything that I owned. I had two pieces of furniture and a hook latch rug that my mom made me. That's what I was able to take out of the hurricane. So within a three month span, I broke my wrist in three places. I lost my job and I lost my home and was pretty much basically homeless again. Thank God for my friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, My friend took me in and let me live there. I'm back in my house. Thank goodness. I'm back in my house. Um, but I really was knocked into a place that I had not been and into a darkness that I had not been in years. And the good thing is I'm a fighter. I don't believe in sitting down. I don't believe in allowing life to win. I have three children and three beautiful grandchildren. And for me, I want to, when I wake up in the morning, I tend to ask myself, okay, self, what kind of an example do you wanna to be today to the kids and the grandkids and your friends and the people that you are in your community? And then before I go to sleep at night, I ask myself, self, were you that example? Did you do what you said you were going to do? Did you show people that rising is possible? And right after all of that happened, I had happened to win a contest online with someone who said that they you would win a month of free coaching and help to build a brand and help really kind of launch business. I've been an educator for 
15 years. I've been a speaker for, let me see, I've been sober for 30. I've done tons of speaker meetings. So I did all of those things and I knew that life coaching was what I wanted to do, but I was so scared to let go of my job that I just kept, you know, the universe kept calling and I just kept putting it in my spiritual voicemail. <laughs> Pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. like yeah. It's kind of like, the, yeah. you know, those bill collectors, they, they call and, you know, right. you've all been through it. Those bill collectors call and pretty soon they get real incessant. <laughs> and so I had to check my voicemail and I ended up launching my brand. Uh, I ended up launching a course called, it is for women. My coaching practice is really designed for women. And I launched a course called Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. And I thought, well, if I get one or two people in it, that's going to be really cool. And I ended up selling out my course. And I've launched it. I'm in the third launch of it now. And every single time, it just gets better and better and better. Um, I have now guest speakers that come in. We did EFT tapping yesterday and a meditation because week five is all about releasing the shame which for women we hold near and dear to our heart. It's, it's kind of like our, it's like our booby blanket. We just kind of hold right. on to it and it's her, it's our little wooby and I'm going to hold on to my shame because it creates who I am. And I want women to know that that is not who you are. It's so all of this, you this, your, your business, your, your coaching and all that, this, this all started since last August. Yeah. Since September. So well less than a year ago. Yeah. Like literally see October, November, December, January, February, March, six months ago. Six months ago. That is awesome. And you know, I take notes as you're talking and I was frantically scribbling because you were just, there's, you were nailing so many things as you were talking, how you went into the tailspin, you know, with, with just one thing after another, boom, boom, boom happening to you, um, which parallels my life last year almost to a T, <laughs> except for we didn't have a hurricane up here. But uh, it, it's amazing how if you let yourself go into that tailspin, how easy it is, how easy it is to let yourself go into that and just swirl down into that dark hole. It's yeah. very easy when life feels overwhelming. Yeah. But it sounds like, yeah, you went into a tailspin and, and most people would for all of the things that you were going through because um, they were all life altering in yeah. some form, but you also said you don't believe in sitting down. No. So I found that interesting to say, yeah, I went into a complete tailspin, but I also don't believe in sitting down. So you must've had some sort of sense, or you knew, of course, oh gosh, here I go again. I'm sinking. I am sinking down in that dark hole. Mm -hmm. now, did you hit bottom or did you just hit bottom and bounce and say, screw this, I'm not staying here and you're bouncing back? Um, it's, it's funny. I used to, I used to be almost 300 pounds and, and I started doing CrossFit and I remember there was one thing that my, my son Malcolm came to and I was in the middle of it and it's, it's Murph and you run a mile, you do a hundred pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and then you run another mile. And I was in the midst of it. And I remember being in a push-up. And I put, I, I just stopped and I, and I just let my body collapse down. And I remember Malcolm got in my face and I looked up at him and I said, Malcolm, I can't do this. I, I, I quit. I can't do this, Malcolm. I, I can't do this. 
and he grabbed my chin and excuse my French, he grabbed my chin and he goes, you are a Paulston, you are my mother, you have taught me from the day that I was born through all the shit that we have gone through, we don't fucking quit. So get up. Wow. And I sat there and I was like, my kid is speaking to me like this? But I was like, whatever. And so when I hit that bottom, he called me and he said, mom, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not. I, I lost everything. I mean, I lost pictures. Um, I lost clothes. I, I went to my mom's house that weekend because we planned a surprise party for her birthday. I had to borrow a pair of flip-flops because I had no shoes. Like I had nothing. When I say nothing, I mean nothing. I had clothes that I panicked. So I hit that bottom and I stayed there for a very short time because I just remember thinking, I call it the swirling vortex of doom. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's going to suck you down the toilet bowl of life. And I thought if I get that far down, I remember what that was like when I hit bottom before I got sober and I knew I didn't want to die. And I knew I wouldn't physically die, but I didn't want to mentally die. I didn't want to hit that point where it was so absolutely overwhelming that it couldn't crawl. So I, I hope that answers your question because I literally army crawled out of, I mean, it was swirling down and I, and I felt like the, the pull of it. And I thought it would just be so easy just to let go and just be in that shit pit. Yeah. I understand that. And I'm, I, I too am one of those people where I can and have been down at the bottom of that pit. And sometimes it's just easier to stay. But then I also, it might be a day or two. Then my other part kicks in and says, what are you doing? Get up off yep. the butt, quit feeling sorry for yourself and make something happen. Yeah. You know, and that's me. I'm like, okay, life, you hit like a bitch. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and I, I am thankful that I'm built that way because I know a lot of folks aren't a lot of folks struggle much, much harder to climb out of that pit. No, I've let myself sink into it for months at a time, years ago, yeah. you know, two, oh, easy. You know, two, three, four months and everyone's worried. They're calling and you're like, leave me alone. I hate humans. Yep. You know, I don't want to talk to anybody, but my dog and yep. you know, I don't care if I eat, I'm not sleeping. I'm smoking like a chimney. I drink coffee 24 seven, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's very easy to get in there and stay there. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've learned, and it sounds like you have too, over, over the years and through experience, obviously it's not healthy to be in that spot, but we also, at least you and I, from what it sounds like, we're able to recognize, we can recognize the detriment of that choice of staying there. And regardless of how hard it is or how, how badly it might hurt sometimes. Yeah. So still got to crawl out into the light because sometimes being in the light hurts. And it does. And, and the one thing that I would share is that when I first, when it first happened, I, you know, I got mental health 
I got assistance. I got mental health counseling because I think that it's so imperative. And, and, you know, a lot of times when you're in the coaching industry, people are like, oh, well, I just rely on my experience and I can help you get out of your trauma. Well, that's a bunch of crap. If you are struggling with something that is truly trauma, get some mental health there. There's such a stigma about it. And it just irritates the living daylights out of me that get the help that you need because you will learn the tools so that when it happens again, you can find some, you might, you may need to go get medication. I needed medication. I don't do medication anymore, but I did need it back then. And I needed that mental health counseling. And I needed that person to really help me deal with the trauma. And they gave me the tools so that now I have the tools in my tool belt. Right. And now I can go back and now you know, like the women who come to me, if they have serious trauma and they're triggered by something, I always refer them to a mental health practitioner. I don't, I'm not going to take that on. That's way out of the scope of my abilities. I really, I believe that if you have a spark, that's all it takes. It takes you having a spark and then somebody else having a spark. And when you put the two sparks together, it creates a flame, right? And then you find somebody else that's got a flame and now you have another flame and pretty soon you have a fire and then pretty soon your big fire turns into an inferno. And if you allow the inferno to just burn, it's like the analogy of the Phoenix, it will burn away everything that no longer serves you so that you can stand in your truth. You can stand in your power. You can stand in the woman that you were created to be without listening to the people in the peanut gallery who are standing in the stands, making fun of you and teasing you. And they want you to be small because that's how they used to know you. Or that's how they are. Exactly. It's like, I told my son the other day, I said, if you put your hand over your face, because he was going through some stuff. And I said, if you put your hand over your face, you can't see, you don't have a big vision of what's going on. That's how people look at you is they're looking at you through the filter of their own experience. Right. Right. So they can't see you. So if you're in the arena, find other people that are in the arena with you that are not, that's going to be the biggest thing is finding the people that are in the arena with you, not in the peanut gallery. Find your tribe. Oh yeah. Find them, love them hard and It's okay to wander around looking for your tribe. It's okay to be lost for a little bit. Your tribe will find you. It's when we're inauthentic and when we try and be what we think other people want us to be is when the most pain happens because our soul is crying. It is saying, please, please, please. And and I was talking to my mom the other day because I launched a, a challenge it starts today for, and, and it's called how to chuck it in the bucket and move on with grace and ease. And I was talking to my mom about it. And, and I told her, I was, I, I told her the title and, the, and I kind of shrunk back from it. And I had gone live on Facebook. I love going live on Facebook. I do it all the time. And I've learned that who I am is who I am. How I speak is how I speak. I say bad words. If it offends people, I apologize. It's never said in a way that I'm going out to hurt people, right? There's just, it's who I am. And I'm loving living in the authenticity. I agree. I agree. Being authentic. I want to go back real quick. How you had mentioned 
your tool belt. And I'm always saying I have a toolbox um, and about seeking, seeking professional help when you yeah. need to for, you know, to, to just get your mind back where it needs to be to help stop that swirl. I am, I fully endorse that absolutely 100% um, to, if you do find someone, if you find someone or if it is you yourself who's down in that pit, do put your pride aside and yeah. seek the help, the professional help from a medical professional that can help you because they have the tools to give you to help you when those swirls come. Now, I, you know, and it's probably the same for you. If you find yourself at the bottom of that pit where I was, you know, years ago and I stayed there for months, I didn't have the tools mm -hmm. at that time. Now, years later, I do. So I can recognize those little poison darts when they're coming at me. I could recognize those dark thoughts when they start coming. Mm -hmm. And then I can, you know, dig into my little mental toolbox and, you know, let those, let those things ping off, you know, let, let them bounce. Doesn't work all the time, but it works a lot more of the time. And I don't find myself sinking. So I'm better able to bounce up and bounce back mm -hmm. when it sounds like that you're the same. Yeah. I fully endorse, you know, absolutely getting professional help and don't, don't ever consider yourself weak. Should you be looking for that kind of help? And exactly. I know that that's, that's a lot for people. A lot of people feel that way. And I know I did too. I'm thinking, you know, I'm one of the strongest women I've known for all the crap I've went through. And now here I am having to get help. Oh my gosh. You know, and I, I was angry with myself because I was looking at myself in the mirror as a weak person. Yep. And that's, that's a, uh, an issue I think many, many, many have. Mm -hmm. And that's still one, even to this day that every once in a while you have those poopy days, you know, you have a crap day, you look in the mirror and you're like, here I am again, here I am yep. showing my weakness. Yep. And I have to remember, no, I'm not weak. I'm damn strong. Yep. Because yep. I'm still, because I'm still able to stand here and look at myself in the mirror. You've made it. And I, and it's so funny because I, I tell people in my course and I, and my one-on-one -on -one clients, I tell them you have made it through a hundred percent of your bad days. Right. Because if you are listening to this podcast right now, that means you're breathing. Right. And if you've made it through all your bad days. And the other thing is, is when someone goes, oh my God, I'm having such a bad day. I'm having such a bad day. Is it really that you're having a bad day or did you just have a bad moment that you're milking? Right, exactly. And when I start like, oh, this is such a crappy day. <laughs> Wait a minute, Jules. What? Let's, let's go back in the timeline. Let's reverse. Where did you have the bad moment? Right. And am I allowing my ego to milk it? So that people feel sorry for me, so that I can feel sorry for me, so that I can eat the cookie, even though I'm on an eating plan, I can eat the cookie because I'm just having a really crappy day and I need a cookie because, you know, Julie says, do what makes you happy. So a cookie makes me happy. <laughs> I'm going to call you on that because that's crap. Yeah. It's not that you had a bad day. You had a bad moment. You melt. Right. And so... When you have a bad day, if you have multiple moments, and I mean, if you have had something where you have grief or loss or something that 
you know, I remember when I lost my dad, there were lots of bad days because mm -hmm. it was just grief. Yeah. However, most people on their way to work might spill their coffee on their pants and then it's just a horrible day. Right. And then it's, it's, I often remind myself, you know, I'll sit there and, and I do the same thing. I'm having a bad day and I'll be like, wait a minute. How bad was my day really? And yeah. I'll look back and find that one moment. And I'm like, well, I let that settle. That's my fault. I let that settle right on me instead of letting it bounce. That's my fault. Look around. There are so many people that are truly having bad days. Like you yeah. mentioned, you know, the grief with uh, uh, the loss of a loved one, loss of a pet, loss of a job, loss of a house. Now that's a bad day. Yeah, I, I, um, <laughs> it was, it was funny. I, I'm so blessed. I, I've been able to be on quite a few podcasts lately. And one of the, the, one of them, I, I, I got emotional because I really haven't talked about Hurricane Sally. I really didn't talk about it. I kind of just, you know, stuffed it and I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And somebody asked me a question and it, and it triggered and it was emotional because that was a bad day. Mm -hmm. Like the day after. So if you've never been in a hurricane, when we abandoned, when, when I grabbed my dog and when we evacuated my house, it was about 1230 at night. And I, I got woken up and all of a sudden I was like, I heard dripping and I couldn't figure it out. And I thought, oh, I something must be by my window. And so I jumped out of my bed and I landed in water. Oh. My feet hit water. And that was, that was something that hits you that you just go, oh, okay. Okay. All right. Um, instant panic that it was only in the back part of my bedroom but by the time I got my dog and panic packed some just basic clothes in a little suitcase and got out we had a foot of water in the house my it rose that fast and so I had a good friend of mine staying here we took her car and went to a friend's and then I was like I gotta go back and get my car because it's gonna be a total loss so we went back out in the hurricane came back over here. And by the time we got back, there was two feet of water. My car almost was going to have water. I was able to get my car out, but the wind was about 80 miles an hour. There's thunder, there's lightning, the, the rain. It's like somebody's just got a bucket of warm water. At least it was warm water, just pouring all over you. And the wind is whipping. And as I'm walking to the house, you know, you're walking through all this water that's got sewage and seawater and, and all of this in it. There's nothing like it. I, I just, it was absolutely terrifying. And I, when I came back the next day, there was still a foot and a half of water. Along my walls, you could see the water line. It was three and right. a half feet. And it had gone down to like a foot and a half. And so we were able to come in. But then you actually see the devastation. Yeah. That's a bad day. Yes. You don't just bounce up and be like, oh, that's a bad moment. All my, all my stuff's gone. That's a bad moment. I think I'm going to be okay for the rest of the day. Yeah. No, that's, that's where you really go back to the tools that you've learned to cope. And one of my greatest coping strategies is I do a gratitude list. Because even in the midst of all of the crap, I always tell people, if there is that much poop, there has to be a pony in it. Right, right. If there's that much poop, there has to be a pony. Exactly. You just gotta find the pony. 
Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, in that situation for me, just, you know, and I've never been in that situation, but listening to you explain it, the blessings right off were you were able to, you were able to at least pack something. You grabbed your dog and you were able to, and your friend, and you were able to get out. Yeah. Whereas probably a lot of people were stranded and were unable to get out. Yeah. My neighbor, um, she's a, she was an elderly lady. Um, she was two doors down from me and we had no electricity from like two o'clock in the afternoon. So you didn't know if anybody was home or not, or if they'd gotten out or not. Right. And we evacuated. It was probably by the time we completely got out, it was about one 30 in the morning and the eye hit about two o'clock in the morning. So when the winds hit, it was, it was two miles an hour. The wind was two miles an hour shy, but category three. Okay. So Sally was pretty drunk out in the Gulf. She was like, I'm going to go here and then I'm going right. to go here. And then I'm going to, and then she like took some crack and she's like, no, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> we knew it was bad when Jim Cantori went to Pensacola beach. If you watch any news thing, Jim Cantori, he was in Mississippi and then he was in Mobile and we're like, oh, well, we're good because, you know, he's up in Mississippi. It's fine. Right. And then somebody said, Jim Cantori's on Pensacola Beach. And that's when <laughs> everybody went. Oh, yeah. When he shows up, you know, it's really bad. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't know what to do. I had nowhere to go. It was already at that point where I'm like, I went to bed at like eight o'clock at night because I was so scared because the wind and the, and the rain and, and, you know, I had little baby frogs, like tree frogs all over my sliding glass door. They were like jumping on my sliding glass door. And so I'm like, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm just going to go to bed because I can't handle this. And I actually fell asleep until I woke up and, and, and discovered water. But I was like, man, if Jim Cantori comes around, he's a cute dude, but I'm getting out. That's he's right. cute, but I got to go. As soon as he shows up, you know, it's time to leave. <laughs> but yeah, my poor little old neighbor, she wrote out the hurricane on her kitchen table. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You see, that's a bad day. That's a bad day. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Yeah. So we have to remind ourselves, folks, for you listening, if you're having a bad day today, think, is it actually a bad day or was it just a bad moment? Yep. That you just milked for whatever reason that you felt like milking it. Right. And I do it. We're all human. That's of the course. thing that's funny. It's like we all do it and people look at and and people look at life coaches and people look at, you know other people in those positions, even Oprah, Tony Robbins, Lisa Nichols, any of those, those people, they still have bad days, right? The difference between it is they recognize it in the moment and then it becomes a choice. I was just going to say, it's your choice on how you deal with it. Cause you can stub your toe and break your, you know, how you catch a little pinky toe on the couch and, oh, and I just, Everybody, I just know everybody that's listening to this just went, oh yeah. yeah. When that happens, it's like you can now choose to carry that forward because what'll happen is the law of attraction, then you'll go to Starbucks and they'll be out of your coffee and then you'll have a flat tire and you're late for work because when you're in that swirling vortex of doom, it's swirling. So it's going to pull everything to it that is in the same vicinity. Exactly. And it happens. It does. Yeah. It does happen. And if you change it and go, okay, well that really hurt, but that's not going to, that's not going to affect the rest of my day, man. I'm so glad I have a couch to at least to sit on that bit my toe. Right. And then it'll be like, oh, you get to work. Somebody high fives you. Oh my gosh. You look so nice today. Oh my gosh. You know, your hair looks so pretty. It's 
it's like, oh, Kim, you look so pretty. Oh, yeah. And it just, it keeps going and going and going in the opposite direction. It's just in how we choose to deal with what life hands to us. I agree. Which leads me to into, as we wrap this up, you had mentioned gratitude list. You had mentioned you do a gratitude list. Now, is that a mental list or is that something that you write down each day or do you have something posted that you look at each day? So it's really funny. I'm so glad you asked me that. So I have this thing, I write them and my wrist is still pretty, pretty, it's healed, but it still hurts because mm-hmm. I broke my dominant hand. Blue pen, number one, because the brain, scientifically, the brain recognizes blue ink over any other color of ink. So I have a gratitude journal. And it sounds like a lot, but I have now started writing a hundred things a day that I am grateful for. Yeah. If, for those that are listening, I wish you could just see her face right now when I just said a hundred things because she just went like a, like a dog cocking its head. (laughs) What? It's funny because the first time I did it, I got to 28 and I was like, oh God, okay, well, I'm glad I've got the sunshine. Okay. Ooh, I've got a pen. And then I got to 50 and I got stuck. I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. And I thought, what else can I possibly be grateful for? And I took a deep breath and I went, breathing. Yes, I'm breathing. Right. And so then I it took off and I got to 120. And the next time I did it, I got 125. And people think that it has to be like my mom, my dad, whatever. It can be I love though, I'm so grateful for the way the sun feels on my face when I have the top down on my car. I love the way that babies giggle. I love the smell down in their neck. I love the way my dog looks at me. There's so many things that if you just let your mind be free and not try to force what you're grateful for, like I'll be outside and I'll look and I'm like, oh, I love the color of the grass. I'm so grateful that I can see the color of the grass. So yeah, I, and I handwrite it because when you write it, it actually helps to put it in your brain. Absolutely. Can I'm you the type same. it? Yes. Can you say it in your brain? Yes, you can. I would challenge everybody that's listening, try it once. And what if do you, you have to do? You don't even have to try a hundred. Just do 20. Do 20. Do 20. And you will probably be surprised. Like Julie just said, how easy it was to continue on with that list once you get going. Yeah, because literally just stepping outside, there's a hundred things within your vision right there that you should be thankful and grateful for that you're able to see. And And if you're having a crappy day at work, guess what? You have a job. That means you probably had a car to get to your job, which means that you put gas in your car. You had probably going out to lunch. So all of those things people forget. Like if you have kids, your fur babies, whatever. And yeah, if you want to start at 20, but I would challenge you try a hundred. I just started doing a hundred two weeks ago and I do it three days a week. I do a hundred three days a week. In fact, as soon as I get done with this, I'm doing my hundred and you are going to be number one. Fantastic. For today. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do a hundred of them. I'm going to give that a whirl. Yeah. What's the worst thing that can happen? You get to 75. When you get to 75, stand up, stretch and go, oh, I can stretch. Exactly. How do my muscles feel? <gasps> oh, I'm sore because I went to the gym this morning. Oh, I went to the gym. Right. And it's funny. Your brain will start going again and you can, oh, I got to write more. I got to write more. I got, right. it gets addictive. It's so much fun. You know, I'm, I'm able to stand. I'm yeah. able to stretch. I'm able to walk. Yeah. 
And then when you get done, if you just, and when I get done, I always put my, my right hand over my heart, my left hand over my right hand, and I just breathe into it. And I just think about, oh my gosh, this is so universe. I call it Gus, God, universe, spirit. Gus is just giving me so much. And I am so, and I breathe into it. And it's just like, all of a sudden you feel like Rocky at the top of the stairs. It's fantastic. Everybody, more, more people. Oh, everybody. Let's go with the word. Everybody, everybody should do that. Start a, start a gratitude list. Like you said, a couple days a week, start out. Yeah. You know, do it one day a week, get to a hundred, start at a lower number, but guaranteed, like you said, stand up and stretch, take a deep breath. And you will think of something else that you're gratified, grateful for. Yep. All you have to do is look around, yeah. look around the room that you're sitting in. And I think That's the hardest thing is right there. <laughs> right. And I will, here's the one thing though, is when I was sitting in the pit of despair, somebody told me to do a gratitude list and I told them where to go, how to get there and how long they could stay there. Oh, sure. Sure. I've done the same thing. Exactly. So when you're in that pit and if you're in that pit listening to us and going, yeah, whatever for, yeah, whatever you guys do your gratitude list. I, uh-huh. My life is just shitty right now. Then I would challenge you to just start moving up that emotional scale from despair, get to frustration, from frustration, get to anger. At least anger gets you moving. Right. Because you can't go from despair to, to gratitude. It's too far of a leap. Right. But if you can figure out what makes you angry, angry gets you moving. It gives you energy and then anger to frustration and frustration to just blah, to blah, to, to hopeful. And once you hit hope, you're off to the races. That's right. That light is, that light is shining. You got a beacon in front of you. Mm-hmm. I think we all need to be beacons for everybody. Oh yeah. We got We got to let our own light shine to help those people that are still in the darkness because there were people out there that were a light for me when I was down. Absolutely. So absolutely. All right. Well, having said that, we're going to wrap this up. This was awesome. I could sit here and talk for a lot longer. (laughs) People are like, Oh my God, I got to get to work. You guys shut up. I got to go. I got to turn my car off. (laughs) This was awesome. This was absolutely awesome. I would love to have you on again in a few months. If you're open to that. Grow up. Sign me up. I love talking to you. I would, I would love to have you on. Actually, I'd love to have you on in May for Mental Health Awareness Month. Love to do that. All right. I would be honored. I would be absolutely honored. Perfect. We will set that up. So folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let Fear Bounce with uh, myself and Julie Paulston, who will be back with us in May. Looking forward to it. Julie, thank you so much again for sharing your journey sharing your your wisdom and your tips and and of course i love the gratitude list um so i think everybody listening try that out at least try it even if you have a negative perception of it right now you i bet you could come up with five things you're grat- grat- grateful for <laughs> if i could talk i'm grateful that i can talk <laughs> right <laughs> i'm honored thank you so much i i just really i'm truly honored and i'm just so grateful for you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. And I wish you a blessed and wonderful day. Right back at you, sister. (laughs) Take care.